Hello, and welcome to A Reader's Book Corner. I'm your host, Teresa Beasley, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with epic fantasy writer, Renee Dugan. Hi, Renee. Hello. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Teresa. Oh, I'm glad you could be here. Um, So now, for listeners who may not have heard of you or your books, can you share a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I am a fantasy writer bridging across a couple age ranges. Um, I have currently a young adult uh, fantasy standalone and then like a, a new adult branching into adult fantasy series, as well as a fantasy trilogy that is currently in the process of being published at the time of this interview. So I've been published since 2019 and have no intentions of slowing down. Wonderful. And we're going to get into some of the series here in a minute. Um, So what draws you to writing fantasy books? Oh, gosh, I think, honestly, as cliche as it sounds, probably that I started reading them. And so I was it took me a long time, like longer than a lot of my peers to get into reading at all. Um, And then my mom got us to read the Chronicles of Narnia. And I was like, oh my gosh, the, what what kind of book is this? Like, it just <laughs> blew me away. I had never, I had never conceived that a story could be like that. Um, and so basically from that age on, which was like, you know, 10, 11, I was like, I need to be writing fantasy books of some kind. And the rest <laughs> is history. Yes. Oh, those books are so good. Oh, I think everybody as a young kid reads those. those are right, it's like that gateway. <laughs> Yes. And you're like, oh my God, how did they come up with this stuff? And can I do it? I guess I'll find out. Yes. <laughs> and that was like my glimpse of kind of like time traveling, like, cause they go through the, the door and it's like a different portal. So I was like, yeah. oh my God, they've traveled to a different time. So that was kind of my thing about when I first started liking like time travel or portal travel mm-hmm. is when I read those. <laughs> Yes, I love that it's such like that it's such a unifying like different people come to the same book and there's different things about it that inspires them. But so many people have that like, oh yeah, Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. It's like these are sort of foundational stories to like fantasy readers, fantasy writers, all of that. So yes, yes, true, true. So now your first, your debut novel was that the Chaos Circus. Technically, technically, yes. And technically, no, I had before I kind of decided that I really wanted to like make publishing a real thing and do it as a real business. um, I had some outside pressure to take a novel that I knew wasn't really ready, ready, um, and just put it out there and see what would happen. And so I did that back. This was back in the day when like Amazon was still create space. Okay. so much, you know, a long, long while back. And so I just threw it out there and I only left it up for like a couple of months. And I was like, what have I done? And quickly took it down. So I, I only know of one copy of that that was ever bought by somebody. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and then once I got my kittens in a row and realized that I actually wanted to make this like a business, um, then I started over and published the Chaos Circus. So it's kind of like the debut novel of my actual, like, dedicated publishing life. So Okay. <laughs> okay, so now, can you tell us a little about the Chaos Circle? The circus, I mean? 
Yeah, so the Chaos Circus is a portal fantasy because, of course, if portal fantasy got me into fantasy, how could I not publish one? Right. Uh, so it's just like it's it's a shorter novel and it's a little more YA than some of my uh, later novels. But it's um, it follows the story of Tessa LaRock, who's a junior reporter and recent, I guess you could say, graduate from a mental asylum. Uh, and she goes on a job where she is supposed to help interview a murderer who's being arrested. And in the process, she loses her most valuable um, like item that helps her feel tethered to her sanity. And so she chases the thief into the chaos circuit, which is kind of like a, like a dark fairy fantasy kind of place. And then she goes through five trials to retrieve her prized possession but of course along the way she discovers a lot of other secrets and mysteries and like the truth of herself and it's very much a book about sort of owning your story and like owning your mental health and not letting anybody else dictate who you are or who you should be yes and that was my favorite part of that book was the carnival games that the trials <laughs> that they had to do so how hard was it to come up with those um what was the inspiration behind the actual trials that you created for the oh, book? Well, a lot of it i mean I, I knew it needed to be like a trial story because i had to have something for t the main character tessa to do um but the idea of like the carnival games and the circus games i just i've always had a very deep fascination with that sort of like I don't know, ethereal, almost kind of like vaguely threatening feeling that I feel like carnivals give off. Um, and so I started asking myself like these, these somewhat trivial games that always feel like there's a little something more going on behind the scenes. Like what if there was, um, so I was like a guessing game, you know, where you only usually stand to lose money. Well, what if your life was on the line? Um, and so I really started asking myself, like, if you look at all the different carnival games, like how could you make this deadly and disastrous? And then I just kind of went from there. <laughs> yes, because those have me on the edge. I'm so <laughs> glad. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yes. Oh, they were so well thought out. I, they did have me on the edge when I was reading it. Because I was like, oh, well, my God, you. if she fails, what's going to happen if she fails? Oh, my God, she's got to pass all these things. And it was like, she, you would think she wasn't going to pass it. But then mm -hmm. just at the last bit, you're like, yes. So she you're pulls like, it out. Yes. It's like you're rooting for Tessa through the whole thing because you want her to get to the side. Yeah. And I, that's exactly what I was hoping for, that people would really feel like invested in like, oh, like this really could go badly. And then how's it all going to turn out? Yes. And that happens in the chaos circus. So um, so let's move to your, your seven book series. That's the Star Chaser Saga. Yes. Um, it reads more like epic fantasy to me because mm -hmm. the kingdom and everything that's going on in those particular books. So can you tell us a little bit about the series? Because it is yeah, a longer so, series. Yeah, well, I, I actually, you're, you hit the nail right on the head. I do, um, I basically, I market it as an epic high fantasy series because it's, it's seven books long. The books are significantly longer than like the Chaos Circus, which is a standalone. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're big, thick books, and they're, they follow the story of uh, Princess Sistine, who goes on a quest to try and prevent her kingdom from falling to war. And she thinks that the best way to do that is by allying with her, her kingdom's old enemies, who are the fearsome kind of like warrior kingdom to the north. Um, and so the series follows Sistine as she is embarking on trying to 
you know, forge her first alliance and save her kingdom. And of course that comes with a lot of intricacies and there's mysteries involved. Um, it has a lot of like enemies to lovers romance and yeah. just big epic, like sweeping battles, kind of like, it's sort of my tribute to like the, the olden days of epic fantasy. Yes. Oh my God. That series. Man. I'm not sure I'll ever top that one, but I, I'm so pleased that people love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Now, I just recently got the last two books in the series. So Ooh. I haven't good got luck. all I haven't got all the way to the end yet. I'm at the end of book five. So I still got oh. six and seven that I have to get through. <laughs> good luck. Bring a box of tissues. I will say they are kind of a doozy. Yes, because five, I was like freaking out the whole time through <laughs> as I was reading book five. So it's like, I mean, it's a, it is an epic, epic series, and there's so many different mm -hmm. things that go on in the characters, and they're growing. So especially the main character, mm -hmm. she grows so much in each book that you can't help but just love her character. Because I'm so at, glad. <laughs> yes, because at first when you first read the first book, it seems like she's this mousy type girl that thinks she can do it but she really doesn't have a lot of confidence in herself but mm -hmm. as she grows through each book you just see this powerful woman just mm -hmm. comes out of her and you're like whoa she's like hey no I am awesome <laughs> yes she's like don't think that I can't do these things because I can't right <laughs> I mean, she grows a lot I mean it's such a good series now the titles of this particular series are very unique titles and they're related to the characters was that done specifically or when you developed your characters did you develop them first and then tie them to the titles uh, so it's actually funny the the series this was series every installment of the star chaser saga really fought me on what i should title them and they went through a lot of different like working titles um and it took me i was actually i think partway through drafting book two or three before i landed on how i wanted to title them um so definitely the the character tie-in like the characters were developed first and then all of a sudden I was partway through, I can't remember if it was two or three, but I was partway through drafting and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what the titles need to be. And then I kind of saw like, maybe I'll adjust a couple of like character things in order to fit the, how I wanted the titles to go. Oh, okay. um, so kind of a, a little bit of both, like the first three, all, all of that was already sorted out. And then um, four through six, I kind of adjusted it to fit the titling style that I wanted to go with. And then seven, it, it's kind of an obvious title. It was one of those things where like all of the readers already guessed what it was going to be yeah. before it came out because it could only be one thing by that point. By that point. Yes, that's true. That's true. So now since it's such a long series, did you write them all at one time or did you like break it up? How did you go by processing how to get the whole series done? Well, I I definitely like as, at the time, the only way that I knew of to draft was like just draft until you go crazy. So I I wrote the first drafts all back to back to back to back over the course of like a year and a half ish. Hmm. Um, and then I was I was ridiculously burned out. Like that's not something I would recommend now. So I then had to redraft the last um well, at the time it was like the last three books and then I split book five into two books. So 
it ended up being kind of a, a thing where I had them all written and then I had to go back and almost completely rewrite the last few because I had been so burned out when I drafted them that I did not do the kind of job that I wanted to. So it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a staggered process. It took me from uh, 2017 was when I started book one and I, I wrote like the final completed draft of book seven um, actually during quarantine in 2020. So it took me about, it took me almost three full years to to actually get the books to kind of like where people see them today oh wow wow so that was, was a process <laughs> that was a process and an adventure all in its own exactly yeah <laughs> it, I learned a lot from that about like what my own limits are and what what to do and what not to do when drafting and like a seven book epic right so so how hard was it for you though to keep up with the characters and the world building and the plot on how you had it going, did you like do like a series Bible that I know some people do to keep up with everything? I I did kind of like a uh, a hybrid version of that. Um, sometimes if I get too like uh, precise with that kind of stuff, I'll run myself out of like inspiration and I'll feel a little bit stuck. So I had certain things that I knew I needed to keep track of. So I actually have a dictionary that I built in Excel for. Um, the old Val Garden language. So I have like a dictionary that I can see like this word means this, this word means this, because that was oh. the hardest thing really to keep up with was the language and how it all fits together and all of that. So that was a big part of it. And then having certain things uh, like a mystery plot that I had originally tried to write, I had to have that written out, um, which ended up being cut out of the draft of book four anyway. But there were certain things that were harder for me to hold in my head. And I did have to have like, you know, a, ser- a series, at least like mini chart to keep up with. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. The characters were really easy to keep in my head, which I was really like, I think that was kind of where the majority of my brain power went was keeping the characters consistent. Um, and then I started having to outline a little bit of the later chapters and have that written down, like in the, the later chapters of each book so that I wouldn't forget plot lines and things that I needed to tie up. Right, because I was like, well, for a seven book series and all the characters that you had, I'm like, oh my gosh, she had to have some type of cheat sheet or something. Yeah, there were certain things that I was like, I'm not going to remember this. I better write this down. (laughs) No thyself. (laughs) Yes, yes, because everything is kind of woven together and especially like the adventures Mm -hmm. and things that they go, especially when um, they meet the dragon. Yeah, and they're saying that was like I was like, oh my god, and there's dragons too. Oh. Like we just helped the Annie a little bit. <laughs> I was shocking when they met the dra- when she met the dragon. I'm like, oh my god, now there's a dragon in this, and then it's gonna kinda, be one of those kinds of fantasy series. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I like when the when dragons are included with you know mm-hmm. the fantasy storyline. So I thought that was a nice little twist when the dragon yeah. came into play. Um, so, so like, let's go to your new series. Um, Mm -hmm. you have a new series. It's called the curse of the blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, now is this going to be epic fantasy as well? I would say Curse of the Blessed is a little more like it's low fantasy where I feel like um, Star Chaser is big on, you know, big sweeping battles and mm-hmm. epic declarations of love and, you know, a lot of a lot of different moving pieces, big found family cast. Curse of the Blessed is more like here's a pocket of characters doing something and it's a little bit 
it's quiet and intense and like the stakes are high, but it's not, it's not to the extent of like, we're all going to go to battle and this is going to be a huge thing. And we all might not come back kind of thing. It's, it's a little bit, it's just a little bit quieter and there's more, I feel like internal conflict and stuff like that, that's going on. So I, I kind of market it as it's, it's low fantasy. Um, so you're not going to see like a bunch of dragons and a lot of like swords and sorcery kind of stuff like you might see in Star Chaser. Um, but you still got, you know, separate kingdoms and inner kingdom politics and that kind of thing. Oh, OK. OK. Mm -hmm. So um, can you share the first title? Because I know it released this month on the 20th. So yeah. can you share the title of the first title of the series? Yes. So the first book in the series is This Dark Alliance. And it's a little bit of a smaller book too. Um, it's a very, it's like a very fast paced, um, sort of very focused story where it's like the, the main character, Eleanor hires an assassin named Sherrick and Eleanor has a single singular goal, which is let's get this assassin to kill the man who killed my father. That's like Ooh. Eleanor's goal. And the whole book revolves around Eleanor and Sherrick trying to accomplish this goal um, while they're learning about each other, because Eleanor has a lot of prejudice and a lot of like ingrained ideas about the world. And Sherrick kind of turns all of that on its head just with the kind of person he is and how he sees the world. Um, and so it's a lot of the two of them, like figuring each other out, figuring out how the world looks through each other's eyes. And then the last maybe third of the book is everything that you kind of knew and everything Eleanor knew gets turned on its head. And then it, it kind of ushers into um, more of like a, let's go on a quest. Let's go on a journey. You know, we have things to do off in this other place. Um, and so it kind of picks up speed more in the end, but up until then it's, it's a very like focused plot. Okay. Yes. It is smaller than your, your normal book. Um, <laughs> I got my copy yesterday, so I'm so excited. That oh, I get to jump into it. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh my God, this is way smaller than, cause I'm used to your book being, <laughs> I'm used to your yeah. thicker books. And I was like, well, it's yeah. still fantasy, but it's a little bit smaller. So um, yeah, I just, just wasn't used to that. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is a change. <laughs> yeah, it's about half the size, about half the word count, about half the size of Darkwind, which is the first book in the Star Chaser yeah. saga. So it was definitely a, it was definitely a, I went away from my usual style to write something that was like faster and tighter and just kind of challenging myself to say, can I do that? Can I write a short fantasy book? And it, it turns out I can. Yes. Yes. And I love the cover art that came with it. Oh, thank it's you. So, and the cover is just absolutely gorgeous. Yay. I'm glad you like it. It's always interesting. Like when you have to hire a new cover artist for a new project, you never know, like, what's this going to look like? Am I going to find the perfect cover? But I'm, I'm so pleased with not just that cover, but all three covers, uh, in this trilogy, I'm really excited for people to see them. Oh, so this is going to, so it's just going to be a trilogy this time. Yes, I actually managed to stop myself from making it a five book series, which was my <laughs> original plan. But one of the things that writing Star Chaser taught me was once I get to about three books, I start to burn out on like a single world, a single like cast of characters. Uh -huh. um, I just need a break after three books. And so once I got to three, I was at a, a good stopping point. I was like, do I really 
do I really need this to be five books? I was like, you know, actually, no, this is a good stopping point. There could be other stories along the way, but for now, it's just a trilogy. Okay. Okay. So are you taking your time writing these, these particular books or did you write them all at one time as well? I actually, yeah, I did. I did write them all at once. And that was back in like end of 2018 into 2019. Um, and actually the reason I chose um, the release date of a Monday, as it just so happened to be February 20th for the release mm-hmm. of this Dark Alliance was because that was the three, three year, three year, no, four year anniversary since I had finished drafting the third book in the trilogy. Um, oh, so wow. I, I thought it would be kind of a fun thing to have. Like the first book comes out on the day that I finished drafting the, the trilogy, but yeah, I drafted them over the course of a few months. And that was, that was a little bit easier than drafting star chaser books, just cause they, they are much smaller. They're like between I think like 70 to 73 and like 90,000 words. Um, okay. So not, not too bad, not too bad to do in a few months. Wow. Okay. So now with your stories, do they have particular themes or any trigger warnings that um, you have in any of the books? Yeah. So, oh, I mean, overarching themes, I, a lot of my books deal with kind of like who we see in the world as like our monsters or our enemies and like how much of that is real and how much of that is like nature versus nurture and, and things like that. So the idea of having to cross boundaries and embrace people that we maybe thought we never would is a theme that shows up in almost all of my different series. So Star Chaser Saga has a lot of that with like Sistine's Kingdom versus the North um, and even the Southern Kingdom to an extent. Um, We see that in The Curse of the Blessed with Eleanor having ideas of Sherrick's people and what they're like and finding out that that's that's maybe not as true as she thought it was. So that's a theme like found family, um, people, you know, who rely on faith a lot. Like those are, those are themes that show up in a lot of my books and trigger warnings vary from, from book to books. Like with the Star Chaser saga, a lot of it is just kind of, you know, fantasy, like battle and, you know, some gore, some violence and things like that. But, um, the third and fifth Star Chaser books in particular deal with some heavier stuff like, um, the third one has some, some trigger warnings actually in the book for, um, like confinement and sexual harassment and mentions Mm -hmm. of, of, um, rape. And then there's, um, in Bloodsinger, there's some, uh, which is the fifth book. There's, uh, stuff about pregnancy loss and some like real wartime loss and like wartime violence and things like that. So, um, I always, if there's, if there's something like above and beyond the normal, what you could expect in a fantasy book, um, I do put trigger warnings in the, front of my books just so that you know people are are prepared for that yeah and I did pick up on those particular themes triggers Mm -hmm. in those books so Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying yeah so right now what are you currently working on are you just working on your the curse of the blessed series well publishing wise yeah right now I'm just I'm kind of trying to I'm in between publishing like like I'm doing a a rapid release for this trilogy. So everything's coming out for that trilogy this year. Um, But right now I'm in a little bit of a lull. I don't have to do a whole lot with it in March. Um, So right now I'm actually focusing on um, doing some edits on a project that I talked about a little on my social media um, called Project Story Weaver. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so right now I'm actually just laid out an outline for getting that edited and getting some feedback on it and things like that. So I'm, I'm working on that behind the scenes, but like all of my publishing energy right now is majorly in <laughs> making sure that I do the best I can do with the curse of the blessed because rapid release is uh it's definitely a different animal than the kind of slow release I was doing with star chaser. Yes. Rapid release. I'm always proud of people that can actually pull that off. We'll see if I can do it. The first one's not so hard, but we'll see if I can keep this pace going for the rest of the year. Yes, because rapper release to me, it just feels like it would be like stress. Yeah, it it can be. I definitely would not recommend it for anybody who does not have like an already drafted, edited covers bot, like their series is done, done. Um, because mm -hmm. I can't imagine trying to um, you know, get, get covers for this and get it edited and get proof copies and go, like go through all of that kind of time consuming stuff, uh, with a release date on the near horizon. I think that would be just a little stressful. That would be a little scary. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit scary. So where can listeners find you and your books, Renee? So I can be found on, so all my social media is Renee Dugan writing. So you can find me on Twitter, although I'm not really active there anymore um, so much, but you can find some funny posts I did way back in the day on there. I'm most active on Instagram and I always love if people come in, you know, message me, interact, hang out. Um, I tried to create a very welcoming space there. And then um, I'm also on Facebook and I have a website, which is ReneeDuganWriting.com. Um, and you can, or readers can sign up for my newsletter where I try to give like exclusive first looks and things at my books. Um, you can learn all about the different books. They all have their own little subcategory on my website. So that's probably the best place to go if you're looking for all the juicy details. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, I want to thank you, Renee, for talking with me today about your series there i love the star chaser saga and i can't wait to dive into the curse of the blessed so i appreciate you being available today for the interview Absolutely. and and i also want to thank you listeners for tuning in to this episode and remember if you would like to suggest the indie book or arthur to be featured feel free to email me at arthurtabeasley at gmail.com you can connect with the reader's book corner on instagram twitter and facebook at a reader's bc until next time happy reading bye